0: What should we think about the Cowboys' 2018 draft four years out? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your locked team on. every locked day. Locked On. Locked, locked on. on. Locked On Cowboys. Locked On Cowboys. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, think back to where, what you were doing in 2018, April of 2018. We were just young pups doing this podcast. Uh, what were you doing back in 2018? Oh, do you honestly not remember? Do no. You? Oh, this is fun.
1: This is fun. I was at the 2018 NFL Draft in Dallas. Oh, uh, I forgot this the, draft was in this, Dallas. This was the draft that I actually attended uh, in Dallas, Texas. It was quite an exciting event. So, uh, I've got a bunch of inside knowledge of what happened in that. No, it was. It was basically I was watching it from a thousand feet up, but it was it was quite a good time, and it was interesting to at least attend it. Yeah. Certainly it certainly was. It was great, great to go to um, you know while it was in our, my hometown and our home hometown of Dallas, Texas.
0: Yeah, so we're going to be breaking down the 2018 draft for the Cowboys. Um, for me, this was the first draft. Actually, this is the second draft that I was covering for Bleacher Report, but right. I was also teaching at the same time. That's so right. I had yeah. to. I had to pre-write like slides of who I thought the Cowboys were going to pick, and it became pretty obvious. Early on, who the Cowboys were going to draft here in the first round, that I already had the whole slide written up on their first round pick and the grade ready to go. So wow, uh, yeah, well, you pre you pre graded the draft pick before it was even made. Well, let's let's just go ahead and jump on jump into this. So the Cowboys selected Leighton Vander Esch uh, in the first round of the 2018 draft. Not surprising at all. How I mean, how early into the process did we really know this was going to happen? Because I remember midway through March, it seemed like the Cowboys were targeting fan rush pretty heavily.
1: You know, it's funny because I remember it being kind of shockingly thrown at us. Like that, that was my thing was that the the word kind of came down through the whisper campaigns that, you know, that, that Layton was going to be heavily considered. And I think I kind of remember being like shocked that that, that was the direction they were thinking about going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty early in the in in the process. Uh, you know, it's funny because we I always think about the draft thing, the draft process in, in stages, right? Like the point when there's always a point where all draftniks are watching the you know the, these players all year year round, and then there's a point where like the kind of second and third wave of folks start yeah, showing up yeah. and start looking at prospects. I remember definitely being several prospects in before. Vander Esch was the name that we started hearing. Uh, this is the name you guys need to pay attention to. And 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 when it did, it was kind of surprising. But by the time the draft rolled around, we were, I mean, I, I'm not that shocked, honestly, that you had this uh, written up. Because it, it was made very clear that this was where the Cowboys were thinking about going and, mm-hmm. and that this was the guy that was kind of the perfect nexus for them
0: uh, at pick position and, and value. Yeah. So I went back and was looking at some tweets that I had from 2018 and it seemed like the Cowboys really narrowed down their search to a couple of players. They were interested in Vita Vea, Like that's somebody that they clearly liked a lot. And it sounds like they were exploring some slight trades up, a trade up. He went at 12 to Tampa Bay. Once he was gone, I think the Cowboys were good with Leighton Vander. There were a couple other names that the Cowboys had circled. Um, I I think Hayden Hurst, the tight end was somebody they were interested in Uh, Calvin Ridley, at least a little bit, but it was your chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look at it now. It's... Yeah, but, uh, that's, I mean, I mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, late midrash. Let, let's, let's talk about this as a player because yeah. I have such mixed feelings about yeah. that pick because I didn't love it at the time because you're taking an off-the-ball linebacker that had some known spinal issues coming in to the draft. Yeah, He plays mm-hmm. at a near all-pro level as a rookie. 2019, 2020, banged up doesn't play the same 2021 plays all 17 games starts to kind of look like himself by the end of the season. And then he hits free agency. Uh What do you Hon- think about the pick
1: down? Uh, honestly, it's like, it's such a great microcosm for the, this draft overall, right? Like yeah. of, of of these, of all these folks, like, you know, it's just, it, it was hard to get your hands around who Leighton Vander Esch was as a player. Like, I think you described it very perfectly. Like, comes in and i mean to say that he exceeded expectations is just like the the craziest understatement uh-huh. of the year i mean he came in it was just a monster He was just never missed any tackles was everywhere was swallowing up. i mean took the the defense to another level i mean this is a defense that you know before leighton Vanderesh hadn't seen that kind of level of play since a healthy sean lee yeah. and 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 that healthy Sean Lee hadn't been around for several years, you know? So uh, I think that, you know, like for the Cowboys, it, it suddenly elevated the defense to a, a place that it hadn't been for a while. Uh, and, and I think it shocked a lot of us uh, how, how well he played. And then, so it was equally shocking when the following year, he kind of just fell off a cliff and, and yeah. obviously injuries and stuff kind of added into that. But I think, you know, like a lot of these other guys that are on this list, it, it's been a, a situation where, you feel like you got a grasp on how on who this player is, and then they just show you another side of them that, that doesn't jive with your your preconceived notion. So, uh, yeah, and then to resign them, it was it was interesting. So, uh, I still have confidence and hope in, in Laden Vanderesh, but but I, I think
0: his career has been a roller coaster to say the least. So, how would you grade this pick kind of in hindsight? Because again, you got a Pro Bowl player for at least yeah. one year here, and it's not like he was so bad that you didn't want to bring him back The Cowboys gave him a second contract. Now they declined the fifth year option, which typically tells you that you missed on a first round pick, but at the same time they brought him back for his fifth year because he did play better at the end of the season. So what are your thoughts here? I honestly feel like you
1: kind of almost have to separate evaluation with value. Like I I don't think that they necessarily got a first round pick worth of value out of it but i also don't think that they misevaluated who they were drafting they got a really good player and they got a player who could play well i just think that obviously injury played into this i guess you know ultimately it comes out to like a b minus
0: or a b uh, that, you know yeah i would say like a b minus cuz you got a good player when he's healthy the problem has been health um and he's not reached the potential that he's been as a rookie but Again, he's still so young. He's 25 yeah. years old. You did see flashes of it at, at the end of the year. So, I I mean, it sounds weird, but I almost feel like this is a wait and see. Like, we'll have a better idea right this year, right? Uh, that, and that's the thing is that it's it's crazy because,
1: you know, this would have been his fifth year, right? Like, in, in his fifth, fifth, the year, fifth option. year option. Yep. Yep. So, like, there is every possibility – that if he plays back up to, like, this is his second year in the same system for the first time, I think since his rookie year, or I think his second year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that he's ever played in this system two years in a row, right? Mm-hmm. So if he if he's able to kind of regain that same sort of level of play that he had when he was a, a, a pro bowler his rookie year, it's hard I mean, frankly, the Cowboys got an absolute steal because they were able to get out of his fifth-year option and they decided for less and they get him for the – but the and I, don't, I wouldn't call it his his you know draft pick as a first round pick a yeah. steal but I was saying for the fifth year they got a steal and, and I think that for the Cowboys it's been a, a rocky road but I, I think that you're happy necessarily that you kind of got tied in with Leighton Esch. I mean hindsight is 2020 but it's crazy how up and down his career is and, and how it could suss out to be
0: still a good pick at this point after what we've seen the last two years all right a couple things really quickly before we move on um I, I'm not really joking when I say this, but this is the first year he's going to play, like have a full season without playing next to Jalen Smith. And I actually think that's going to help him, right? Because him, him and Jalen were too similar in a lot of that's ways. That's exactly yeah, absolutely. So it now exacerbated now have, the problem, frankly. Yeah now now that he's going to be playing with Micah Parsons, Javon Kirst, Jabril Cox, I think you can you're, you can live with a player like Leighton Van Dross. You just can't have two of those guys on the field at the same time. So. I'm I'm really excited to see what he looks like in the same scheme without Jalen on the field. Uh the other thing is if the Cowboys didn't take Vander Esch, who would you have liked to see them draft? The the options Listen, I was a DJ Moore guy. That's who I mm-hmm. wanted. The other guys were Isaiah Wynn, Calvin Ridley. It gets pretty shallow there. I know a lot of people liked Harold Landry, but it sounds like the Cowboys were a little bit out on him. Uh anybody there that you loved? No, I mean, I
1: think that's that was the other thing I was going to mention is that ultimately, you know, it's it's tough to argue about the 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 value in a vacuum of first round picks. But if you look at where the actual first round picks that year, you know, I don't know that they would have done a ton better with any of those other guys. You know, so I, I kind of think they made the right pick in a situation that may not have, you know, ultimately been a, a great first round, especially where they were picking.
0: I agree. Uh, All right, we're going to get to the rest of this class, but I want to tell you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including golf season, which is upon us. We've got Major League Baseball going on right now, NFL Futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, eSports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the Trends in Action bet online where the game starts. All right, let's talk about uh, the Cowboys day two picks. And I remember being really excited about their day two selections. Connor Williams uh, at pick 50 in the second round, Michael Gallup in the third round. Both of those guys started a bunch of games for the Cowboys, 57 games for Connor Williams, 55 for Michael Gallup. Uh, Gallup obviously got a long-term deal from the Cowboys. Uh, They like him quite a bit. Connor Williams, started a bunch of games as we mentioned but dallas decided not to give him the extension how do you think the cowboys did here on day two i think they obviously did very well with especially with Gallup. i think with connor williams
1: you know i mean i think it's it's easy to be pessimistic because he didn't resign with the cowboys but he gave them good years and, and he played at an above average level and i think despite what some foot fans think i thought he was a pretty decent player for them i yeah. mean i think that he was able to go earn a, a, a big contract for the from the from the, the offensive I mean, not a huge contract but but a nice size contract for that oh yeah for what he's done. Yeah. Uh and I think that you know it shows you that he was respected around the league. Now look, does he have deficiencies? Yeah, guess what, guys? Most offensive linemen do. And and his are, you know, a, a, a little bit of a lack of strength, and it kind of showed up in some holding situations at certain times. But at the same time, I also felt like he kind of at at, at a certain point became a whipping boy. And you know, there was certainly times when they were calling holding. It was just who they were picking on. And, uh, and, and I think that, you know, he, he was a guy that you could, you could live with for sure as a starter at guard. And and it's not someone that's like a huge deficiency necessarily. The Cowboys just didn't want to pay them pay him the money that he ended up ultimately making on the market, which is understandable. He's the sixth highest paid left guard
0: in the NFL right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, there you go. Like, I mean, I think, do you, do you, I think he's the sixth best offensive guard in football. no, but I, he, I, I, that doesn't
0: mean he's bad.
1: you know? No, and so, that's the so, thing. Is,
0: I think Cowboy fans were hoping he would be – see, they've been so spoiled, or we've been so spoiled with – whenever yeah. you draft an offensive lineman, they turn into an all Pro. Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, that when you draft somebody in the second round and they turn out to be who you were probably thinking they were going to be or who they should <laughs> – or expected to be, we're all disappointed, right? Yeah. Most teams would love to spend the 50th pick on a guard, get four starting seasons out of him, and then, okay, now we get to decide whether we want to pay him as a top five guard or not. Like, that's a good problem to have, Cowboys Yeah, fans.
1: exactly. And, and I so. think that that's what the context that everyone needs to keep in mind when they're evaluating him. And then, obviously, with Michael Gallup, you know, look, I'm a huge Gallup fan. I, I Like, obviously, most Cowboys fans are, I'm sure, after watching him play, I, I think that, you know, uh, he is probably the best number two receiver that you could ask for on a team. You know, I don't know that he's quite a number one receiver, but I think he would be as good as you can get as a number two wide receiver
0: in a normal situation. Yeah. The problem then, is he's been the, kind of the wide receiver three the last two yeah, years. Right. That's right. And he's just, he's overqualified to do that role. Yeah. And the Cowboys know that. And that's why they pay him. They know, they know that, Hey, we can have a very high flying offense, high powered offense with Gallup being our number two. And they paid him. Like a top end number two receiver. In fact, and if you want to get into the weeds a little bit, I didn't love the Michael Gallup contract when it happened. I mean, things change pretty, pretty right fast. Now. Yeah, I mean, Terry McLaurin's getting ten million dollars more per year than Michael Gallup. Sign me up. Yeah, exactly. And
1: I I think that's the thing too. And that's also ultimately why you feel comfortable with, you know, kind of moving on with Cooper is that you have a lot of confidence with with Gallup. Look, I I know it's hard to look at the short-term situation with Gallup because he is recovering with an, from an ACL and say they're they're you know underserved at the wide receiver position but the long-term you know look outlook for the cowboys wide receivers position if you get a healthy Gallup back obviously i think they're making it a priority to, to re-sign cd lamb you mm-hmm. have to love those those two as a duo when they're healthy and i think that that will be something that's arriving you know by mid-season this year it's it's about getting to there and, and feeling and feel, about feeling good about michael Gallup. I, I I mean absolute steal on the third round pick as far as. Yeah, I and
0: I was just I was as you were talking I was looking up to see like where Michael Gallup uh finished in receiving yards over the last 4 years for every receiver drafted like at the third round or beyond. And it's like 7th or 8th. Like there's just there's just not many guys that you can draft at that late pick 81 and expect him to have those kind of numbers, I mean through through 4 seasons and he's missed some time. He's got almost three thousand receiving yards and fifteen touchdowns. Like that's just you don't find that very often. Think about what he was walking into his rookie
1: year. I mean, there was so much being put upon him. Uh, You know, despite what we felt like, you know, we it it did feel late for Cowboys to be drafting a wide receiver in the third round, despite you know because they were they had a need there. Uh, So it was when when Gallup landed them in the third round and they were able to get him and he was able to produce so well despite not having anyone else to pull coverage away from him. Uh, that was really an impressive output by Gallup, and it really kind of bode well for his future.
0: Yeah, so here's the official number. So this is all, every wide receiver drafted between round three and seven since 2018. Most receiving yards, Terry McLaurin at 3,090. Michael Gallup, 2,902. That's the list. Like, that's only crazy. Terry McLaurin. So, again... You can't expect to get anything better than Michael Gallup in the third round. I mean, they 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 struck oil there. So what a what a pick by the Cowboys, uh, there in the third round. Uh, let's get to their day three picks because, I mean, I man, <laughs> maybe even better. This is becoming a yeah. theme of these shows: the day three selections by the Cowboys, really, really good. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Rock Otto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock up on all the parts you need. Rock Auto has everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com today. All right, let's finish up with the day three selection, starting with Dorrance Armstrong uh, in the fourth round. Dorrance Armstrong, kind of a slow starter. We were kind of hearing about the hype for the first couple of years. Uh, finally broke out in 2021 with five sacks. The Cowboys rewarded him with a big contract, oh, not a big contract, a decent contract this off season. I think Dorrance Armstrong is going to have the best year of his career here in 2022.
1: I do too. I think that Dorrance Armstrong is a guy that came into the league incredibly young. And let's look at even beyond that. Dorrance Armstrong played at the university of Kansas. And uh, if anybody knows anything about college football, university of Kansas is not putting a bunch of players into the NFL, despite being a, you know, division one big 12 school. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that you know this is a guy that had a different kind of development curve, right? You know how many games made... Kansas
0: won in the three years he was there. Uh, can I guess? Go ahead. Um, three years. Three years. Four. Four wins. Three games.
1: <laughs> I guess zero. Zero and zero twelve.
0: Zero twelve. Two and ten.
1: One and eleven. So this is a guy that they probably didn't get a bunch of great coaching, you know, as far as development goes is was so much better than everyone else that was on the team with him that they basically had to move him and use him wherever they could to do anything and and then comes into the league. at I think he was 20 years old when they drafted. I mean, he was incredibly young. And and, and so, I mean, he's now in his fifth year, right, uh, at 25 years old. And, and, and didn't get a, you know a ton of opportunity to get on the field despite flashing quite often in training camp I mean I, and I you know obviously can attest to that part Every single year in training camp Dorrance Armstrong is that guy who mm-hmm. just flashes and flashes and flashes and then you know for three years straight we I really felt robbed by Doran Armstrong but because he, he wasn't able to quite though despite really really showing out and, and doing it at a consistent level, wasn't really able to translate that production to the field. Flash forward of this last year, you know, he's kind of almost a, a, a forgotten guy on this roster, yep. right? I mean, because you have Randy Gregory, Micah Parsons has started to come on. Uh, obviously Tank Lawrence is Tank Lawrence. And Dorrance Armstrong was a guy that was kind of just your fourth defensive end. They had also signed another guy come in. Suddenly, Dorian Armstrong wakes up and he becomes this monster. He's able to do. They use him all over the place. They they have to stand him up. He's able to drop into coverage. He's able to rush the passer. He, he gets almost as many sacks as Randy Gregory. Not not quite. He's not putting the pressure on that Randy Gregory. I'm not suggesting that, but he's showing you that he's developed and that he's starting to. It's starting to click into his place. And really, mm-hmm. 25 years old is not, you know, it's that's not an abnormal age. I think the problem is is that he's been in the NFL for four years at 20 and now he's maturing into a fully grown man's body uh, and his athleticism catching up. And I think he's, it's starting to click for him. I have high hopes that Dorrance Armstrong could take even another step or two uh, from here because he's just so young and he's got all this experience now. uh, And
0: now he's really got an opportunity to kind of see, see what he, what he can do. Yeah. Let's move on to the next pick Dalton Schultz. I mean, Finding tight ends in the draft just anywhere is a really difficult thing. And when you find somebody like Dalton Schultz, who is an adequate blocker, a very good receiver uh, here late in the fourth round, it's really hard to do. It I should also point out there was <laughs> the Cowboys were kind of forced into the spec because if you remember correctly, Jason Witten announced his retirement, I believe it was after day two of the draft. Like the Cowboys were scrambling. I, 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 Firmly believe the Cowboys would have selected like Hayden Hurst in the first round. If they knew Jason was retiring, it was a shock to them. So in the fourth round, they picked Dalton Schultz. And over the last two years, Landon, he's got the seventh most receiving yards for tight ends. Uh, and he's only like a couple yards behind guys like George Kittle, Rob Gronkowski, Darren Waller and the Cowboys franchise tight end this year because it's tough to find top seven, top eight tight ends in the league. Jason Witten doing the Cowboys favors even then from avoiding oh, Hayden 100%. Hurst
1: so they could draft Dalton Schultz. That's amazing. Uh, uh, wow. Look, we don't, we don't have enough time for, as far as I'm concerned to talk about Dalton Schultz because I've been a Dalton Schultz man since he was at Stanford. I loved mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz game coming out of Stanford because you don't see, and despite what people may say, you don't see guys who have the blocking technique that he had coming out of Stanford. The technique, he didn't have the size or the power to go with it yet but the technique he had coming out was, was ready to go. He understood leverage. He understood how to use it. And and what he needed to kind of fully develop was refine some route running, get a little bit bigger, get a little bit Mm -hmm. stronger, get a little bit faster. And those are all things that you have the ability to get better at when you get into the NFL. I liked, I liked him a lot because he was the kind of rare situation where the stuff that was hard to teach, he had already learned at Stanford. Yeah, uh, I that's why I think it was, you know, even though he, his it took a while for his game to take off, that's mostly has to do with, you know, opportunity. Once he got his opportunity, especially these last few years, he showed you what he could do. Uh, the Cowboys got a real steal. And, and and I think that this is kind of a, a great model because they've had success here of getting these guys kind of in the mid rounds. And, and even if you don't hit on every one of them, develop all of them and and use them all if you need to because tight end is a position that's very difficult to learn, uh, especially in college. So if you can find one in the middle rounds who develops into a starter plus player for you, sign him, the Cowboys. I I, I just, we've got 10 days guys do it. And if if, if you're going to wait till next year, that's fine. Do it too. But what I don't want to see is, is them waiting uh, more and more to try to sign a tight end or free agency you know, sign it. there's only one way, as far as I'm concerned, to get these guys. You draft them and develop them. Uh, otherwise, you got to find a way to not use a tight end.
0: <laughs> the, the Cowboys have, pr- have shown over the last couple of years that they're okay franchising somebody and letting them continue to prove it. Like they're willing to pay more to have a little yeah. bit more certainty at the position. They did it with Demarcus Lawrence, they did it with Dak Prescott. I think they're going to do it again with Dalton Schultz. I think Schultz I is going to have another 700 to 800 yard year. They'll, they'll have three seasons now of production and we'll see if he improves as a blocker if that happens i don't think they're gonna have any issue giving dalton schultz the bag at least at least that's my thought maybe they go in a different direction next year but i i think that's what they're waiting to see It's just one more year of production uh, all right a couple other picks that the cowboys had uh but let's talk about the, the the other hit that they had here in the sixth round cedric wilson picked 208 now cedric wilson didn't play at all as a rookie because he was injured 2019, he caught five passes for 46 yards. I remember going into the 2020 and 2021 seasons. You and I were talking about maybe the Cowboys release him to save a, you know, a couple extra pennies on the salary cap. And then he explodes in 2021, 613 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, he also has a couple of big plays in the passing game as well. Uh, he had a touchdown in t- 2020. Obviously, the Cowboys couldn't re-sign him just due to some of their cap stuff. And I don't think you necessarily wanted to either. I don't know if it's a good strategy to pay a yeah. number three receiver. Uh, but Cedric Wilson, bona fide NFL player, and I think can be a good starter for the Miami Dolphins. I think Cedric Wilson
1: is exactly the reason why character – matters when evaluating a player now i I think people get it construed misconstrued and they think that it has to do with locker room dynamics and sometimes that does come into play for sure but cedric wilson is a guy who had decent athletic traits um but really just needed time to kind of continue to develop them and Mm -hmm. and and the willingness to put in the time to to development to develop and 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 i think that you know you talked about the explosion in 2020 season that was because he changed his body that off season if you remember like he came yep. into that 2021 uh, uh training camp looking like a completely different athlete uh and that had to do with his personality and his you know work ethic and his commitment to working hard because that's not the only thing he changed he also i mean he also became you know dax passing buddy all the time he, he made sure to stick close to, to the playbook he understood what to do he became useful in many many different ways as a special teamer as a as a trick play guy because he could throw the football he was willing to do whatever it took and he put in a lot of extra time and he and he took what was you know very good pretty good uh, uh physical skills and, and made them better and, and suddenly you know changed all that from from being a sixth round pick uh, to being a, a guy who got paid pretty good money uh, on the market. So I, I think congratulations to the Cowboys for uh, evaluation, correction, uh, correctly evaluating Cedric Wilson and identifying that kind of thing. And then obviously huge congrats to him for, for putting in the work and effort to become that kind of player that takes a six-round draft pick and turns themselves into a, a,
0: a, you know, a big-money wide receiver free agent. Absolutely. I, again, I'd pick 208. You get a guy <laughs> that plays four years for you, uh, gets a big contract and he's going to reward you with a comp pick next year. I mean, that's, that, that's how you draft, so, right? That's there. winning.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. winning it.
0: Yeah. A couple other picks that the Cowboys had this draft. Mike white uh, didn't end up winning the backup quarterback job for the Cowboys, but he did light up the Bengals last year for 405 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, I don't want to say he's the best day three quarterback. The Cowboys have drafted recently, uh, but he's close. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like it's it's I, I, the, the thing that
1: the, the thing that's funny to me is that Mike White was the guy that when I'm looking at this list, I'm I'm going, look how many. Okay, maybe they didn't hit any home runs here, but you and I were talking about this. Look how many singles they hit here, right? Yeah. Like it's just nuts. Like how much they were able to kind of at least identify a guy from Western Kentucky NFL who, talent, right? Yeah, who could, could help, yeah could come come in and play NFL football. Like that's you know saying, Even the other guys that we're gonna mention here in a sec. They came in and were able to, to do something on, on some level on some teams. Uh, so And that's just about g- good scouting. So, yeah, bravo to Mike White. I mean, he hasn't done a ton, ton since uh, that one. But he had a – what was it, a 400-yard game, you, you said? like uh, 405 uh, yards against the
0: Bengals. Upset the Bengals this year.
1: That's right. So, you know, it, it's it, – it, it, you identified the talent correctly. Maybe yeah. it just didn't happen on the timeline you hoped.
0: Yeah, uh, a couple other players. Chris Covington, linebacker. The Cowboys drafted him with the idea that he was going to play special teams. Uh, he stuck around for a while, played two years with the team, has kind of bounced around since then. You'll see him every once in a while get some tryouts. Uh, he was with the Colts a couple years ago. Uh, a, co- a couple years ago. I think he's in the USFL now. Whatever. Sixth round linebacker. Not a big deal. Last one, Bo Scarborough. Uh, big running back from Alabama. Yeah, Didn't end up doing anything with Dallas. Did start a few games with the Lions. Played with the Seahawks in 2020. He was with the Raiders in 2021. Went to the USFL this year. He was actually the the leading rusher uh, for the Stallions, uh, who happened to win the USFL's championship. Uh, yeah, not a great NFL career, but a professional football running back. I mean, it's fine. It's a great seventh-round pick. If you le- believe in running back wins, then he won the running the uh, the
1: USFL championship. Yeah. And I know Marcus does. No, I, I, the other thing, did he score a touchdown against the Cowboys during yes, the regular he did. season? Yes, the Lions, against, maybe. Yep, wow, yep. okay, that was that was a fun moment. I definitely remember being very <laughs> thrilled about that, about hearing
0: about that on Twitter later. Okay, um, it, it's whatever we don't we don't have to spend much time on because I, I really want to talk about their undrafted class because yep. yeah, I, so they. As of right now, they have four players still on the roster. They gave four of these guys second contracts. Layton Vanderesh, Michael Gallup, Dorrance Armstrong, and Dalton Schultz, who's on the franchise tag. Okay. They also had two other guys get paid in free agency quite a bit. Connor Williams and Cedric Wilson. The Cowboys will be getting comp picks back for the, both of them. They also signed Chavarius Ward, Chavarius Ward in free agency or in undrafted free agency. He didn't end up making the roster because they traded him for a reserve offensive lineman. The Chiefs, who never played a game, which I still don't get. And he yep. signed a big contract with the 49ers this offseason. So you were talking about like seven to eight guys that they identified as NFL players that got second contracts going into 2022. It's a pretty good draft, Lannum.
1: I honestly th- and the only one that th- they didn't hit on was was a situation where I'm pretty sure they just confused Chris Covington with Christian Covington and and the the tackle yeah they they somehow managed to uh, to to their worst pick was a guy that was their the second best Chris Covington on their team that year which is
0: <laughs> pretty surprising <laughs> yeah I mean what a, what a draft for the Cowboys it really, it's, it's weird because going into this year. I don't know if you think of any of these guys as like cornerstone guys outside of no. Michael Gallup, right? Leighton Vader yeah, is the yeah, only yeah. one that's made a Pro Bowl. He's the only yeah. one that's really been close to a Pro Bowl, but it feels like you hit like seven double or seven singles. A couple of these maybe doubles, but that's still impressive. Like most teams yeah. don't hit on that type of volume. No, it's the it's the batting percentage.
1: If we're going to continue this uh, this this baseball analogy, it's the it's the on base percentage that's yeah. impressive here. It's that you're able to consistently get something out of every single pick. Were the, any of them, you know, the big the big home runs? Absolutely, not really. I think Leighton Vanderess got quite close, but but wasn't quite there. But and there's still some chance there for, for some of these guys. Sure, but I think sure. I, I think that yeah, what you see is that. Uh, making solid contact with the ball, just doing, you know, just p- picking the guys that land to you and then, re- and and then, you know, reaping the benefits
0: when they were able to develop. This isn't the draft that changes the course of a franchise like the 2016 draft for the Cowboys, which we've covered, or the 2021 draft where you got Micah Parsons or the 2020 draft where you got Trevon Diggs and CD lamb. It's not one of those drafts. But it's a really important draft—the type that you need to be a consistent contender in the NFL, right? If you can find five starters in one draft, even if none of them are high-quality starters, you're crushing it, and that's what the Cowboys did here. I think, I think individually, I think you give all these picks like somewhere between like C plus and B, but as a whole, I give the class like an A minus. If the Cowboys class this year has
1: the level of hits that this class had, I would be thrilled. Thrilled, yes. That that class turned out like that
0: just hoping it's not like the 2019 draft, which we will cover no. very, very soon. That's the draft that I'm That's not all that excited to, to talk about. But. Uh, all right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen of the day. Now, make your second listen to Locked On NFL podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. You can follow the Locked On NFL podcast and the Locked On Cowboys podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out over on YouTube as well. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I am at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we'll see you guys next time.